Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Mellow Nation Healing Project podcast in collaboration with Toledo Moms for Social Justice and Black Radical Scholars. I am Deja Banks, your moderator for season two. Today's episode will be a combination of two things, addressing our mental health as a Black community and self-love and self-compassion. I am so honored to introduce our host, starting with Miss Alicia Sutton. Hey, Alicia. Hey. And Miss Dyshell Parker, thank you for being here, Dyshell. Hey, girl. Hi. <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right, ladies. So let's talk about mental health. According to NAMI, which is the National Alliance of Mental Health, one in five U.S. adults experience mental illness. One in eight of all hospital visits to U.S. emergency departments are related to mental and substance use disorders. 18% of U.S. adults with mental illness also have a substance use disorder and that depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So with those statistics in mind, do you guys believe that the stigma of mental illness exists within the Black community? You want to take it, Dyshell, or you want me to go? Because you, oh. actually, I want to hear from you because you are in the medical field, like, right now. So, like, what, what's your perception of it, like, working in um, the medical field? The word stigma kind of... Little area of it, but I do believe that men- mental illness is something that is a humane issue. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's even just narrowed down to just us, but I do think that um, the things that we face in our communities is something that we need to focus on. So, yeah, I, mm-hmm. I do believe that mental illness exists in our communities as well as just, you know, humane wise, just humanity itself. You know, we, we kind of face trauma you know different upbringings and stuff like that that can affect our behaviors as adults mm-hmm. oh know, definitely and, and even lead you to you know as a gateway to you know to, to find ways to cope and mm-hmm. nine times out of ten those ways are are harmful so that that's my little tidbit real quick <laughs> yeah it's like what the new saying is like trauma is the real gateway drug like people are trying oh, to sell yeah. like marijuana and everything I'm like no trauma is the gateway <laughs> drug um yes but as far as the stigma, I think it exists, but not, um, I don't think it, I think people are more accepting of it um, now as far as like the treatment yeah. portion of it. So considering it's um, like a part of your health, because if your mind is not, you know, healthy, then how can the rest of your body be healthy? Like is a part of your body. Um, I think it exists because people don't want a label, yeah, um, and it to be tied to a disability because some mental illnesses um are um categorized as as disabilities. So, like, if you're applying for a job and it's like, oh, we, we you know, we want to know because we can offer these accommodations to you, but then on the flip side, it's like, well, I don't want you to weaponize this um uh, disability it. and use it against me and not like promote me because you feel like in your mind you're biased that I won't be able to handle it because of your limited uh beliefs and understanding of like mental health and how that impacts people like you don't know my treatment because that's a HIPAA violation unless I tell you ah, uh, you can't true. ask me for that and um and so I think like yeah, some of it is still like, okay, well, mental health issues mean something is 
wrong with you like you are um deficient in some way instead of your brain just working in another way or you responded to trauma in another way um I think it's just it's various reasons so like yeah it's still like you don't want to go see a therapist because that means something wrong with you you go talk to somebody just figure it out on your own yeah um but then also on the flip side like yes there are accommodations for it and there's treatment for it but like I said especially in the work environment I can see it kind of like people not wanting to have that label because of other people's biases and how they may treat them in the work environment so I have a little I'm gonna be really transparent with y'all this episode so y'all gonna know a lot about me by the end of this episode but I was completely transparent with the people that I worked with and about my mental health and I noticed that they started looking at me funny and Mm. they would start talking to me as if so completely transparent I have bipolar 2 disorder Mm. and so they found like I was kind of in mixed feelings about it. They took it upon themselves to do the research. And what really made me mad about it, they were trying to tell me about me because they felt like since they Googled it, they knew something. And I'm like, no, please don't, do that. don't don't try to label me. Don't try to talk to me as if I'm crazy or try to tell me what's wrong with me. I feel like that's something that's really big and it's like it makes people not want to come out because nobody really it's like nobody really knows how to handle it like it Mm -hmm. makes you feel weird like you're not if like it's like quote-unquote normal like you're not normal like I can't help that my brain just does this like trust me if I can control it I would but Mm -hmm. I can't so I just rather you treat me like a normal human being whatever normal means to that person and if I'm having an off day just respect that like yeah Mm -hmm. and that's real like and I think sometimes like we always make jokes like no Google is your friend but not in this case like if you want a little background knowledge but you should not use Google to learn how to treat somebody like this is a situation where you need to actually just like you said, treat the person as if you want to be treated, just like any person with any um, impairment or disability, like they don't want to be treated any differently. It's just, that's a part of their life. It's a part of their story, but that doesn't mean you have to belittle them or think you know more because you went on the internet and, and that ain't even real research. Somebody was going off about that. It's like, you look something up, but right. you didn't do any studies about it. Like, this is not your lived experience. Mm-hmm. So it's not your role to tell somebody else how they should live their life. Just because you Googled it, like, and we're and when you talk about whatever you Google, this is a generalization. So every case is different. Yes, come on now. And then especially when when people Google things and then they take it upon themselves, like she said, to tell her about her. When mm-hmm. really that was a good way to get a general knowledge and to maybe ask, hey, if it's okay for me to ask you about the things that you're going through, um, mm-hmm. how you prefer to be treated. If you're having an off day, you know, would you rather not to not be talked to? Um, you know, would you rather somebody say, hey, you know, you wanna you wanna go get lunch together? You know what I mean? Just it, like you said, it's it's really personalized. Not just because someone has hypertension doesn't mean everybody has the same blood pressure reading, right? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's the same way with any disease or any illness that you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. 
And also, I appreciate you even being transparent. Because this is a part where I do have to say, I have to um, acknowledge the word stigma, um, especially just spe uh, specifically with us. You know, mm -hmm. it's very difficult for us to say, I'm, I'm schizophrenic, I'm bipolar, you know, or I, I battle depression. Um, because we always feel like we have to be so strong. We have to, you know, we have to have this facade, you know. So just for you to have that strength and that honesty with yourself to say, hey, you know, I, I know I know how this feels. And I think it's become, it was like hard on me because I have to take medication just to go through out the, my, just to go out the day without feeling depressed anxious and my mind running a mile a minute and I feel like I had to be okay with having to take medication because I didn't want to have to take medication every mm -hmm. single day I didn't yeah. want to have to do that I didn't like you said I, I think Alicia was saying that label I didn't want to have that label on me because I'm like because everybody well for me when you hear the word bipolar it's said in a bad stance like yeah no, you really tell somebody like yeah I have that disorder they're looking at you like oh she's gonna flip any moment like she's just mm, like yes. and it's like no that's not the case I actually need my medication for I don't feel depressed and make me want to get out the bed every day so it's like having to be okay with that you're not that you have to do this and knowing that you have to accept and then hoping other people will accept you which is just like a really hard thing to manage and and also with it being um like a hidden disability too right so yeah. you know you if somebody's in a wheelchair you can you can see that so people are gonna fight like oh they need you know a, a door or a ramp to get in because things aren't accessible to them mm -hmm. uh, but when you have like those hidden impairments or hidden disabilities then I think that also, you know, well, for a lack of understanding, people are fearful of what they don't know. So it's like, well, I can't see it. So now I don't know how to treat you. Or right. because I knew one person with it, then this is like how I should treat you because that's how. And I'm like, it's a stereotype. Like, the same thing with racism. Like, you can't yeah. treat all of the same. But um, but it's, it's really hard when you know, we, we look at how we, we treat other people and Deja, yes, definitely like you're one strong for admitting it. Cause not everybody could admit something, uh, like that. And two, you know, resilient, well, I ain't gonna say resilient, but like strong, powerful, um, determined and all of these positive attributes because you're seeking treatment. Yeah. So people can, you know, have a diagnosis and not take treatment and just be out here <laughs> causing havoc. all the problems, right. raising havoc. Um, but, you know, even just just acknowledging it and it's like, you know, if I could, then this would happen. And I'm going to go to the uh, just thinking about too, like, what, where is it? Like, where do these thoughts come from? And like, why are we so uncomfortable with mental health issues? Like, wh where do we have in our minds that normal means perfect? 
I was oh. the next. It's so funny that you said that. The <laughs> next question is like, what are some common misconceptions when it comes to mental illness and mental health? I feel like people don't. It's not talked about enough. Like it's mm-hmm. just. I feel like it's just it's this painted image that everything is going to be perfect. Like you're going to start going to therapy, you're going to start taking your medications, and man, you're just going to feel right. Like every because I remember I watched this commercial about somebody getting get treatment, and you see all the people in the commercial, they're just smiling, they're happy, they're like running through the grass, playing with dogs, sitting at dinner with their family. So it's like okay. Maybe if I start the medication, I can do like that too. But no, it's not like that. It takes time and patience. And it's not pretty. It's like some days it's ugly. Like some days you will have a terrible, terrible day. Or something like you might even have a terrible week or a month. And it's just like what life still goes on. Mm-hmm. And it's like trying to figure out how to deal with that and like a strong support system is something that can help, mm-hmm. but not everybody has that. Yeah, that's true. Oh no, not no, they don't. I was just um thinking about like my teenage years and like where when my like depression started just from like different things. And being told, like, you need to stop acting silly. So just totally, like, total erasure of anything that was going on. And so, like, I internalized that. And I'm like, that really impacted me. Like, if those feelings would have been acknowledged, like, how how life would have been different. Like, even because it goes so much deeper than that. Like, well, you know, if that's believing that that's true about me because it's like well maybe I am tripping or maybe mm-hmm. I am making a mountain out of a molehill so you start to question yourself yeah um, so that's like you said was su- having a good support system people who are understanding or pe- people who aren't going to um you know, not acknowledge what you're going through. So they're going to like, like comments like, oh, just get over it. Or people, uh, it's, I know I've seen a lot of posts like, you know, well, just go exercise, but just mm-hmm. do this, just change your diet. And it's like, That's okay, nice. <laughs> maybe if you have a moderate depression that may work for you, but when you have other disorders, like it's not prescriptive for every body we don't know what is going on in folks lives we don't know what has happened to them where everybody yeah. brain works differently so you can't just prescribe the same even even when people have medicine like your dose is going to based on what your diagnosis is and it's just across the board um for any um any impairment disease or condition yeah so it's really interesting. Um, and it's, like I said, people, I think when people have knowledge and they take the time out to actually learn and talk to you and just care and support. And and also they're not threatened um, because they, they have that knowledge to yeah. to support you. Like, you know what? Okay, this may, like you said, this may not be a good day. I'm not just going to sit there and tell you, oh, you're not the only one going through this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, things could be worse. Mm-hmm. Like, you, I don't want to hear that. <laughs> I know. That's not something I don't want to hear. 
I definitely agree with that. I think one of the uh, major misconceptions is that this stuff don't, don't exist. You know, mm-hmm. like you said, it's, you know, get over it or, you know, go pray because that's another one, you mm-hmm. know, um, you know, or God to take it away. You know, it's just a lot of things that I'm um, not saying that God can't, you know, heal or, you know, I'm not saying any of those things. What I'm what I'm saying is people will take away a human being's right to say, hey, I'm not OK. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, summer 22 really tragic awful summer the world experienced yeah. living through a <laughs> pandemic we also witnessed so many protests worldwide due to the use of deadly force by police and other citizens on the black and brown bodies so how can y'all see secondary tra- secondary trauma and burnout when all these occurrences happen i feel like when i saw all this stuff i because I remember I was talking to um, you all about it. I said, I feel like history is repeating itself. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we were, because, you know, you hear about it in the history books, but we were actually witnessing it. We were, because I live near downtown Toledo. So that's where mostly I seen protests. I seen people outside with their signs. I seen images of tear gas, people getting hit with literally wooden bullets and i'm like oh my goodness what is happening like i felt scared i was angry Mm -hmm. i was sad that it was just like i felt a lot of emotion and then i'm not even like ashamed to admit that a part of me had given up because i'm like we were doing this again like we did this before and it's clearly not working so why are we trying anymore like i felt i just felt like we could like I don't I can't put it into words but I just felt like it was just it was so much happening but nothing nothing was getting done. Like mm. we had more people had to die. We had to watch a man get his neck stood on and yeah. he's literally screaming that he couldn't breathe and he just didn't move like at all. I mm-hmm. I, I it's like that's traumatizing and the young I can't remember her name the young lady that I believe that was murdered by the cop she got shot by the cop just watching her body fall to the ground and my mm-hmm. heart just sank because I'm like oh my goodness he just shot her he he, he shot her and it's like and the crazy why? part is I'm 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 sitting here and I'm thinking which one I've seen exactly people, right. you know what I mean like isn't that sick that's the thing when somebody I was writing a paper on something of everything that happened this summer and I asked my co-worker I said what was that guy's name and she's like uh which one and that's literally like we were literally sitting there on google to go back and see how many people that died this year and I'm like okay so it was this one oh oh you remember that one you remember that one they were like oh yeah but what was his name and I'm like oh my goodness mm-hmm. and so I was like as I was gathering in the information I'm like okay I'm writing this story for this assignment and then I just had to sit back and look at the list and the list was long I'm like yeah whoa whoa and it's just like it's made me afraid like you because I usually don't really when I see the police, I don't really look at them. I just go on about my day. But now it's like I'm kind of weary about them. I'm like, are you going to shoot me? Are you going to shoot the person I'm with? Are you going to shoot somebody else around? And it's just like I feel like I'm always on edge, when, if I, mm-hmm. especially if I see a police officer. 
they could literally just not even be looking at me. But if I see them, I'm like, uh oh, this can be no, it. yeah, yeah. I had an experience um like that on the expressway not too long ago, and I'm driving. And I saw the police, it was a police cruiser. They were just driving behind me just because driving behind or whatever. I think I was getting off of an exit. And as I got off the exit, they just kept going straight. And then when I stopped um, at the light, I was like, I was, my jaw relaxed, my chest loosened. Like I literally stopped breathing. My, I was clenching my teeth. I was like grabbing the steering wheel just because they were driving behind me and the first thought I had was like, oh my God, if they pull me over, am I going to make it home? Like, yeah. I wasn't doing anything. I'm just driving. Yeah. But like, those thoughts were going on in my mind. Like, if I get pulled over, am I going to make it home? Like, that right. should not be the first thing that you think about. You should be like, oh, do I have my license and registration? Like, yeah. can I have that freedom to think like, oh, license and registration, you know, if I am speeding or maybe they just want to be petty and pull me over or whatever. But the, that feeling came before I could even think about, yeah. do I have my license and registration? Am I going to speed limit? It's like, oh my gosh, if they pull me over, what's going to happen with my life? And um, I think as far as like last summer, I'm going to be honest, I was advocating from social media. Um, COVID was too much for me. I didn't understand it. I'm already like a germaphobe. So I was just not trying to be around a lot of people. I was like, Lord knows my heart. Um, But it was hard. There were days where like I had to actually curate it. my Instagram so that I follow specific people that bring knowledge to my page and like actual joy yes. and, like, something. So last summer, you know, I'm in this social work program. Um, we couldn't go anywhere. And I'm watching these protests. I got a black son, a black bonus son, a black well boyfriend at the time who is also a police officer so I'm like it's hitting me everywhere like nothing yeah, I like, I couldn't escape it when I got mm-hmm. on social media it was there when I turned well we didn't watch we were watching um tv but I'm like it was oh we're gonna uplift black voices but then you telling slave narratives and talking about the underground railroad like our oppression um and then it's like, well, defund the police. And I'm like, that's my income. What you mean? Uh, <laughs> <I> <laughs> what do we mean by that? Way. Like, hold on, wait. I need to understand <laughs> what do you mean? Like their income or like the police? Okay, hold on. I need you to clarify this. Um, and then I was in like a social work program. So not only are we talking about social justice, but then you got colleagues that are like, y'all not doing enough. And I'm like, one day... I think it was after a week of just having stress in my body. Like, it was stress personified. Like, it was just all in my neck. And I just decided, like, you know what? I know this is not right. I know what's going on in this world is hard. But I need Black joy in my life. And I just completely disconnected. I didn't turn my – I think I turned – no, I turned my phone off. We didn't turn on the TV. I didn't get on social media, like on my laptop. Yeah. Like I was like, I'm not talking to anybody. Like for one day, 
I'm going to be black, but I'm not like I'm choosing to rest and take time for myself yes. because mm-hmm. even though I'm not directly I'm I'm directly and indirectly impacted by all of this conversations. Like I got black people, black men in my house I got to be concerned about. But then also people don't like the profession of one of the black men in my house. And mm-hmm. also I got to be for social and racial justice because that's what I said I was going to do in this program. But also, I can feel y'all stress through this email. I can feel the stress mm-hmm. in, you know, watching TV and the frustrations of people when on both sides. So it was especially hard. And we talk about burnout. Like, you know, I, yeah. I decided I'm going to be an advocate from the sidelines. I'm going to write blogs. I'm going to do it this way because... They talk about burnout. People want to be, you know, down for the cause, want to fight. Okay, well, going to protests and being on social media. And, I mean, people don't understand the mental um, exhaustion you can have from just, like, reading a lot of things and and taking things in, like, on TV and everything. And just having conversations with people, too. So, like, you have mental exhaustion. Uh, burnout from trying to do everything and be everything to everybody you're watching this trauma that's happening to like you're watching traumatic events happen to happen to people like you so now you stress because you're like this could happen to somebody this is this is happening to people that look like people that I know Mm. and so like having all of that in your body that's why it's like really important to take care of yourself and take time for us um I think I forgot where I heard it from but you know they were talking about Martin Luther King he was only 39 when he passed away but they did an examination of his heart and it was like he had the heart like physical heart not like literal physical heart of a 60 year old because Mm -hmm. all of the things that he was going through had like aged his heart that fat like that fast faster than like his body could keep up so you just think about like activities that people are doing it's like yes we can fight for these causes but we also have to make time for rest because the images that we are seeing like a lot of times I feel like we're desensitized from a lot of the images that we are seeing like we we should not be okay watching a body drop yeah Mm on tv like it's a lot of views like i don't want to watch that i mean i have some movies that i'm like okay i can't watch the entire movie i can only watch to a certain point mm-hmm. but we are constantly fed these images um of you know police brutality people fighting each other um just you know you're watching children get shot and is is very discouraging but it's also stressful and harmful to our bodies and and our minds like Mm -hmm. mentally like I said we shouldn't be desensitized to someone being harmed in that way uh I know we should not should on people but when you talk about humanity like that is a human being there's a problem when their bodies are dropping and we're just watching and like oh my gosh like nobody's turning away like this this should not be an everyday or every week occurrence um yeah. 
And and like I said, watching that is constant fear. So you go to the store and you're like, oh my gosh, I hope these people are not tripping in here. I just want to get my stuff and go. Oh my gosh, I hope somebody doesn't like they're testing the waters to see mm-hmm. what they can say to me to see what side of the uh political spectrum I'm on. Like you have mm-hmm. all of these things, it's like very stressful. And then on top of that, just having to live and go through life and do your own thing um, can have implications. So, you know, um, people can develop chronic <laughs> conditions if, if, if you know, they're not taking care of their health. So we do have to be conscious of, like, the foods that we eat and mm-hmm. the, you know, what we're watching. Because it can also elicit, like, a, a, that fight-or-flight response. That's mm. like in a constant state of stress. Yeah. That is dangerous for our hearts. Um, to constantly be in distress. Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It ages you tremendously, like, like you said. And even like to go back to the, tra- the routine traffic stop, to watch Sandra Bland be pulled out of her car like that. I mean, mm. that was just, I, 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 there just aren't any words for it. So yes, you know, we do clench the steering wheel when we're driving and the police is behind us or just anywhere in the vicinity of where we are um, when it comes to things like that, because we've seen a routine traffic stop turn into, oh, she committed suicide in a cell. You know mm. what I mean? That clearly um, there was a lot of, will at least promote doubt in that. So, you know, routine traffic stops can even be fatal at this point for our community. So it's, it, like you said, we shouldn't be desensitized, but uh, desensitized, but at the same time, watching so much of it and constantly engaging yourself in it is mentally, it's, it's harmful. It's harmful mm-hmm. to your energy. It's harmful to your mindset. You know, it mm-hmm. creates a, a negative, um, hopeless, you know, type of uh, response to everything. You know, mm-hmm. so it's trying to find that balance that's going to be difficult for us. But we're we're, we're going to get through it. <laughs> that's what I do know, honey. Okay. All right, y'all. Let's talk about vulnerability. Recently in the news, Naomi Osaka. Am I saying her name right? Osaka? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ooh, I got it right. <laughs> she was fine for not attending a press conference to protect her mental health. So what are y'all thoughts on the situation and how and how it can be difficult for black folks to be vulnerable and get support for their mental health due to potential backlash or scrutiny? I'm already upset that she was fined mm. for not attending a press conference. I'm sure that was probably a part of her contract. That's the only way they can find you. But that's another big reason why, you know, when we're when we're having these contract meetings and stuff like that. We really need to think about our mental health. And is there room for you to say, hey, you know what? I do not want to be obligated in this way. Or if something happens, you know, someone pass or, or blase skip, I don't want to have to come and do this commercial if I'm grieving, you know? So I, I just, that automatically just upset me. But <laughs> Alicia, what do you, what do you think? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm upset. <laughs> oh, I think it's that, well, two things. One, I like uh, Pastor Brandon was saying, uh, I don't know which order this is going to go in, but (laughs) I'm going to say it anyway. Um, During the conversation we had with, you know, Pastor Brandon at one time, um, that whole, you know, athletes, when I'm thinking about this, it's like athletes are on 
kind of not the chopping block but like on a slave block so it's like do as i say don't have any feelings mm. play this sport and get paid mm. So I just yeah. remember what, I, what he said. He's like, I ain't gonna have no friends after this. Uh, but <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's like you know we think about in the in the past when when black athletes have stood up for themselves, they were like financial repercussions to that. It's like, oh, we're gonna take this away from you. I mean, yes. whether it was our contract or not, like you are that hell bent on her attending this press conference that you took money out of her pockets um another thing i think and i i said the word strong earlier but i think with that strong the way that strong is used and i'll say in her in the case of you know black women it's like not strong that you were courageous to do it, but strong and like you can take anything. Uh-huh. Tolerable. Mm-hmm. I hate it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. when I was talking about Deja Strong, I was correlating that with courageous. I just want to clear that up. <laughs> but <laughs> when I'm talking about what other folks think is strong is that you don't have any emotions. You can take anything. We can break you down and you still going to stand up because you're a strong black woman and you should be able to take anything right and as soon as we're like but wait a minute i'm fragile too um it's a song by an artist called uh guapele and it's called strongest glass and i remember listening to like so many years ago and then i think like last year in march or something i played it for an event and i forgot about the song i was like man this song just came up and it reminds me of of how I envision people seeing us like, yes, we're strong. Like the uh, lyrics are like strongest glass. We'll, we're built to last, but we can break. So remember that just because you see us this way, we are still fragile and we still need to be handled with care. We're, we're mm-hmm. still delicate. Like glass is beautiful. It is strong. Like if you've ever been to a glass blowing, um, like demonstration and just seeing how it's formed and how it's made. It takes mm-hmm. time and care to even make the design. You have to carry it and it can be heavy, but if you mishandle it, that yeah. thing gonna break into pieces. And when shattered glasses shatter, I don't care how much glue you have, you're not gonna put it back the way it was. Right. There will be pieces and speckles all over the floor. You're gonna have to sweep up and throw away, but that is forever gone. Oh, come on now. Okay. And <laughs> that's if, a great analogy. It is like mm-hmm. if people don't see us like that. So that's why I'm like, you know, we don't get it's hard. It should not be hard for black women to get support. But I think because the way people see us, yeah. it's like we can take anything. And as soon as like, but wait, you're being harmful to me. Then we got to turn around and center your feelings because mm. well, I didn't mean to. Oh, I'm not no. talking about, I'm just doing a little voice. It's mm. not specific <laughs> to anyone because it could be any gender. Uh, but uh, just thinking about like, why do I have to center your feelings when I just acknowledge mine? So now you erase, there's an erasure again. I just told you how I was feeling. Now you offended because you offended me. Uh, I need you to, I need you, how about you be strong, please, 
ma'am, right. sir, person, human being, um, and allow me to have have my feelings and have emotions. Um, I always say, and I've been saying it, and I feel like, yes, women need support, and I'll say, you know, other women, because we, we will tell tear each other down fast without really getting to know others um we have this i say some women have never progressed past that high school pettiness mm-hmm. um and it's like okay first of all we have therapists i know some of them aren't accessible but there are worksheets and workbooks you can do to work on yourself so that you are not being um you know that's what people say. Oh, women are catty. They just got some work to do. Okay. Um, it's that insecurity in there. So let's let's work mm. on that and support each other. So we could definitely support each other. And I'm a I'm gonna use um genders. So men, I feel I really need to back black women. Say um, it again. Say it again for people. We, they <laughs> men need to support black women. Um, you know, and I was like, what about all women? We talk about black women today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> On <laughs> today, <laughs> not T-O-D-A-Y, but T-U-H dash D-A-Y today. Uh <laughs> because I mean, you know, when we work together, I think things can't work out i was um in a, a program a scholar program was called new leaders in african Center social work and uh one of the books that we were reading was just talking about the dynamic between um black men and black women and how we could work in community together to support one another so you know we're better together and just thinking about like we're we're not in competition with each other first of all we 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 shouldn't be i think it's like the scarcity mm-hmm. mindset there's also another book called like the the some of us that i was reading like i'm reading for a book club and i'm behind those in chapters but i'm gonna catch up um but <laughs> you know it's like the scarcity mindset like well if it's not for me then it must be for you and we can't share like instead of us just working together, like, why the divide? Why the fight? And what are we fighting toward? Like, what are we fighting for? Why are we fighting each other? And what are, you know, what are we fighting to gain? Like, we're not going to lose anything if we're working together. We'll probably gain more because we'll have more of that support. But it's like, um, I just, I'm trying to still figure it out. Like, why the men bashing and the women bashing so it's kind of on both sides like i've seen women women so-called feminists um that are they bash men i'm like but you could be a feminist uplift women and not bash men Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and so you know if you have a certain um gender preference or sexual orientation and you know, you're like, well, I'm not into gender norms. Okay, well, don't bash other human beings. Okay. Why are you bashing this person? What What is mm-hmm. it? And I always have to think, too, like, when people aggravate me, I'm like, what is it about them that is causing these feelings for me? But then I was reminded that, Alicia, 
you've been doing a lot of work. You were in a program that made you reflect. Not everyone lives like that. Mm-hmm. So then I'm like, okay, well, you have to meet people where they are. And sometimes you just got to leave people behind. Yeah, because they'll catch up in their own timing and, you know, what's in alignment for their life. Sometimes it takes specific experiences in order for someone to have awareness and you mm-hmm. might not be that experience. <laughs> exactly. And I, you know what, some for most folks, I'm okay with that. Okay. <laughs> when we talk about self-love and self-compassion, we don't necessarily mean blindly loving and accepting ourselves the way we are. Many times self-love requires us to reflect and ask ourselves those tough questions to realize where we need to make changes in ourselves to be better, not only for ourselves, but our communities. So do you guys have any um? Some of those tough questions that will cut through the safe space of comfort we like to maintain that our listeners might want to ask themselves. So the question I have been asking myself a lot now is why? I'm like, so why why do you feel this way? Why do you like that person? Why are you attracted to that person? Why do you keep going back to that person even if they're doing this to you? Or why don't you like your job anymore? Why, like, really digging mm-hmm. deeper? Because only you know the real question of why. Yeah. You can make up something and tell somebody anything, but asking why and yeah. digging into why you feel that way can really open up some and not saying that's going to be easy or pretty you uh, might have to talk to somebody you might have to go to therapy you might have to journal pray about it or meditate on it like do something because like once you tap because I realized once you tap into that it's not it's like it's not going to be hard to make it go away it's not going to go away it's not going to be pretty and you're going to have to really deal with it so Mm -hmm. I feel like the question why I, I definitely agree with you on that. Um, I want to dig in a little bit with the why and even say, um, like, overwhelming yourself with so many whys um, can can kind of lead you in a place of either, um, you know, insomnia, depression, um, overthinking. Um, it, it can make you, you know, a little agitated. So it's good to take time with yourself and to be gentle um, because that's a lot of what self-love is about, which for me simply is is wellness and growth you know um and when you have one thing that you've noticed about yourself taking that time with that one thing and kind of creating the five whys have you guys heard of the five whys I have not okay so um just real quick like a five why is like okay um you know okay why did I yell at my uh co-worker okay um and then you could say well you know um I was upset okay why was I why were you upset Um, I was upset because it's been a long day. Okay. Um, So why, you know, why it being a long day upset you? Um, Because I didn't get any sleep last night. So then Mm -hmm. you you keep going and you keep going and you get into the root of it. And maybe the issue has nothing to do with your coworker, but has has everything to do with your irregular sleep schedule. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's kind of just taking time to deal with one thing, because if you try to battle everything at one time, a lot of times that, that depletes you, you know, taking mm-hmm. time with yourself, one thing, you know, at a time and asking yourself, you know, uh, why did I respond like that? Why I'm always angry? Um, mm-hmm. or, or why do I not speak up when I have something to say? You know, it could be either of those things, but my advice is to uh, take your time and do a one thing, um, work through that one thing until you get to a point where you feel like you, you're able to master it. And then when you notice something else about yourself, you know, acknowledge it and then, do the same thing you know break that down 
Yeah, that's um I'm trying to think if I have any tough questions. I think I kind of um spoke on it a little bit and I shall talked about it. So like why am I responding um in this way, but also kind of um working through like where did I learn these behaviors? Um, yes. Is this something that I've noticed in my family? Is this, you know, I'm not going to say normal because normal is based on somebody's perception. Hello. So it was normal <laughs> to one family is not normal to another family. Um, you know, looking back at, you know, when you think about self-love, the I guess main question is like, do I love myself? Am I happy with myself? Mm-hmm. Um, or if you are, you know, just doing something to please someone else. So just kind of looking at, you know, one question when you think about self-compassion too, like, would I say these words to someone who I love? Yeah. yeah. That's like one exercise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so love or respect and just really think like, you know, not that anything's wrong, like, well, some things must be wrong. Like maybe it's just the way that you were raised and you haven't been exposed to anything else. Mm-hmm. That's all that you know. Maybe you have never um seen love. Or know what self-love is because it wasn't modeled for you. Right. And so for some of those things, like, it will take extra work. I know people do affirmations and looking, like, looking in the mirror, telling yourself, like, I love you. You're beautiful. I'm proud of you. Like, that is hard for folks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Look at yourself and say those things because, you know, it's easy for us to give someone else a compliment. Yes. Turn that on ourselves. It's like, do I even believe those words to be true? But making so yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, say it is. I try is 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 uncomfortable, like with the capital U. Mm-hmm. Uh, but over time, like once people do, I mean, sometimes you know we take selfies and post them on social media. I'm like, oh, I'm cute that day. But like looking and talking to yourself. Um, I know a lot of folks do are starting to do like shadow work and talking to their inner child and healing that inner child. And I was just having this conversation at work today because um, we did a self-talk exercise uh, with some students and it was um, like thinking of a, a negative or a situation where they were like negative or unhelpful thoughts and reframing those thoughts um and learning how to respond to those situations differently and then on the other the flip side of it we had them kind of think about the origin of like their thoughts and like are these your thoughts or were these things that were told to you and if they're told to you that doesn't mean that they're true it's just someone else's perception of you yeah. And so, you know, mm-hmm. growing up people, you you carry that trauma with you and you develop those thoughts. One one thing um that I actually told my therapist, and people I guess see it as negative, and I was like, at this point, I don't care anymore. But saying like, Oh, you're being you're spoiled. And I was like, I used to be offended, like, what? And I'm like, mm-hmm, I am and <laughs> I'm well loved. 
Yeah. Not until like the last maybe couple of months. I'm like, call me sensitive. I will be sensitive. Uh huh. Somebody gotta be. Somebody gotta be because I'm like <laughs> that, that shows like I'm I'm working on compassion. I am trying to be empathetic or working towards being empathetic. I can sense when something is off. Mm-hmm. I can remove like that to me. That's a warning sign to remove myself from situations and people who are harmful. So yeah, yes, that's... I will be sensitive. I I will be it and and proudly be sensitive instead of being someone. Mm-hmm. doesn't want to deal with their emotions who is pretending like life isn't happening is trying to move on like nothing ever happened like I did that before and I felt like I was in survival mode the entire time it's like you even acknowledge the 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 way you're treating people the way you're talking to people mm-hmm. the way you're treating yourself because if you're ignoring your intuition and your feelings you are going to, I don't care what anybody say you are going to put yourself in harm's way and you're just like no because somebody told you oh you you just you tripping that's not what it is and maybe it's something else no this is what it is this is what it's telling me and the more that you acknowledge that and are in tune with it uh you know the more humility you can show to other people empathetic to other folks you can be more compassionate yes just barking at people because somebody did something so somebody did one small thing you didn't like like i kid you not we were at a restaurant sunday and this woman across from us didn't like something a waitress did she i know the the uh menu better than she does and was just mm-hmm. nasty. Like her disposition was nasty. And I was like, why are you so angry? Like you're eating. And because the girl didn't know something, maybe she wasn't working there long. Maybe she got a bad day. The restaurant's packed. So the girl's probably flustered. Like, we don't know, but your attitude, ma'am, isn't yep. helping at all. And so, like, if you were more into like, okay, like you said, that show, maybe I just didn't sleep right. I'm frustrated, but why? Why are you taking out on out on somebody else? Projecting. Um, mm-hmm. Projecting. When I think about um, just dating too, I remember I would be dating, talking to somebody, whatever you want to call it. As soon as that ended, I was like, okay, on to the next one. Like, girl, can you deal with that? Yeah. Okay. Deal with it. Like, you had some feelings in there, otherwise you wouldn't have stayed as long as you. But I never dealt with it. I was like, all right, I'm done, and and moved on. Nothing happened. Yeah, we don't give ourselves time to heal, and that's mm. one thing I'm grateful for because I've had some uh, really lengthy relationships, you know, and even um, still lengthy. But in between any situation that I, I've I've had, I've had time with myself. Mm-hmm. You know, I had time to think about like, hey, you know, where where did I fail at, or what is it that you know that I needed, you know, that I stayed knowing that this person couldn't give it to me, or mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like it, 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 but if you don't give yourself that time, you automatically go and jump somewhere else. Not only do you harm yourself, you harm that person because mm-hmm. then the realization comes in, and you're like, okay, you know, I'm I haven't really dealt with this, or. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you are done with the situation. Now you're projecting, a, you know, the same issues you had in the previous into the next one. And, you know, it's a cycle. It's not, okay. I'm exhausted talking about it. <laughs> so take the time to yourself. That is a part of self-love and self-compassion, too. Um, it You loving yourself will ultimately 
ultimately naturally teach you to love others and you're just not going to start mm-hmm. doing certain things anymore. You'll just you'll just stop. Yes. You know. I think that's funny that well, I think it's right, very good that y'all said that. And I think it's funny cuz my last question was going to be so many don't really know how to be alone or fearful of it. So, it was going to be can you enlighten us on how important it is for us to have and practice that capacity to be truly with ourselves and be alone, but Shelly, you answered it. (laughs) (laughs) I ain't even done yet because I I kid you not, we do not spend enough time, especially as a young woman. One thing I do appreciate, I had a cousin, um, my favorite, she's Tupac in a female body. Okay. Okay. All right. So she's Selene Chestnut. I'm going to just put her out there. One thing um, my, my big cousin taught me, you know, she taught me to be okay with myself. Um, mm-hmm. a, a matter of fact, she dropped more seeds than anything, but you know, she automatically let me anything that I watched her, you know, I was young and she was my older cousin. I look up to her. So I watched her and no matter what she went through, you know, she made sure, Hey, you know what? I'm going to always have me. And if that comes with me having children, I'm going to always have me and my children, mm-hmm. you know, anything else is a bonus, you know? So you don't have that necessity to necessarily have someone attached to you. A lot, I, I watch a lot of women that um, they they do that. They don't they don't they don't know who they are outside of this person. Mm. Yes, you know. And I know that goes both ways, but I see it predominantly in black women. We, mm. you know, we we have that stand by your man thing, and I and that's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. But before by somebody else, can you stand on your own? Who are you without this person? Yeah. Who are you before you meet their family? You get mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like these mm-hmm. things are important. Emotional maturity comes with self-love. And I'm still, I'm on this journey. So as I'm speaking, I'm not made. I'm this, this is just what I'm learning. I'm sharing what I'm learning. Mm-hmm. And I've been alone in numerous occasions and I'm not going to lie. It's so comfortable for me. Like at, at 35, it, I, I come I get off of work. I come home. I take me a bath, play me some music. I relax, do laundry cook. You get, it sounds delicious. Get you some. Get no, you some. No, no. <laughs> and you, then when yeah. somebody else come along, then now I'm I'm still taking a bath and and doing my thing. But you just so happen to be here. We're enjoying it together. Oh yes. yes. Not you know what do you want to do and everything's about you and no get to know yourself know what you like and add someone to that that complements it. But mm. you got to get alone to get to that point. Get alone, people. People are afraid of that little voice. Um, yes. That silence can be traumatizing to folks if they have, like you said, if always just had people around or there's just always noise, yes. like distracting them from Chaos. spending yeah, time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, spending time with themselves. Like actually, because when you got to spend time, and I think a lot of uh, a lot of people struggle with COVID. Like I was fine. I mean, I was stressed out because everybody was in the house and I was trying to do work. But <laughs> <laughs> but like the being alone, like that's you know my time to reflect, my time to sit. Like, and I got a lot of stuff I'm still working on, but. I'm not afraid to be alone. And I think I've always kind of been that way. Like, I don't need people to distract me. Yeah. I mean, I'll have a TV sometimes, but <laughs> like, you know, when I do actually sit there and think and write and just have that time to reflect, like, I feel so much better. But I think when you got, when you got to sit with yourself and know that sometimes like you are the problem 
or mm-hmm. that you need extra support and you can't do everything on your own. Like being being alone, being outside of a relationship is not the same thing as being doing everything alone. You can not be in a relationship, be okay by yourself, but then have a support system because we all still need that. So yes. definitely want to make that distinction because people will hear that like, oh, well, I need to be, but I just need to cut everybody off. No, no you no, need no, no. a support yeah. system. Let's let's <laughs> clear it up. Like we got to clear it up. You need yes. a support system, like. A solid one. Mm -hmm. A solid one. Not asking, and hey, that intuition help with that too, because them fake friends are out there. At all time high, girl. All time. They don't, because they don't know themselves, and they just, you know, leeches, but okay. Yeah. Uh, But, you know, just being able to sit by yourself and, and, you know, acknowledge, man, I can't do this. I do need people in my life, but also I don't have to be in this relationship to define yeah. who I am because I'm whole with this person. I'm whole with without this person. Oh, you wrapped me up in a bow. Do you understand? <laughs> <laughs> you you made it. You cleaned it up. <laughs> Just be a whole, but it's like I really feel like people struggle because you know this is this whole extrovert introvert debate, and people think introvert means shy. It don't. Like, it means I don't need people to energize me, and I'm okay with being by myself. Everybody want to be an extrovert, but I'm like, but are you really, or are you just so used to putting on and performing? Uh, You you can't be an extrovert if that's you. Go do you, boo. But also, like, did you really need to be around people, or you just not settle within yourself, so you have to be around people? Oh, you teach her. It's a huge difference, like that, Alicia. But it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Go up, sis. Because I'm like, I mean, because I'm like for real. Like I'm mostly introverted. I have my extroverted moments when it comes to music and stuff. Like me and karaoke. Oh, I'm. If you put me on a stage, I'm on. I know but that's right. Just like in between. I mean, like professional stages. Uh, <laughs> like theater, the theater. That's what I mean. The theater. You ready? You be ready. Uh, honey. <laughs> people like that she said the stage no no i have a job um and so yeah like people people really struggle with that like you literally went to the grocery store just to get out of the house because you didn't want to be around the people in your home uh-huh. talk about that let's unpack that like, uh- that's a good one get in the car and go to the gas station i just gotta i just gotta be going like okay Uh you have to be around people or is it is it being by yourself and you're unsettled because now who you gonna talk to who's gonna entertain you who's gonna fill you with joy outside of yourself like, is that what you're looking for? Or, or can, you, can you have that joy, you know, by yourself? Can you, I mean, because people say, oh, can you go out to eat by yourself? Mm-hmm, because I ain't got to talk to anybody. I'm taking myself to the art museum tomorrow, okay? Well, that is so fun. I've done that numerous times. Well, uh, I can stand there and stare as long as I want. You ain't got to talk. <laughs> you ain't got to make fake conversations. Like, it's a beautiful thing. Like, extroverts, try it. It will change your life. Exactly. Um <laughs> it will and there's I mean there's nothing wrong with being around people and having people around you but there has to be some balance mm. just like people that are introverted like you sitting in your room all day no you still need you need a support system you need people it's okay to be you know have that alone time but ultimately 
this life is not meant for you to walk alone. Yeah, and it can be dangerous to to self isolate like that. That's true. So, Especially if you're battling depression. Oh, I'm sorry. That was oh, so yes. That's, I mean, <laughs> that's scary for people. I mean, yeah. you never you never know um, what can happen. And you always want to make sure somebody knows where you are, can contact yeah. you uh, for safety reasons. There, mm-hmm. uh, I forgot. It was kind of, it's heartbreaking also sad. Like, I don't know. When it happened, like a couple years ago, somebody died and they were like just stuck to their chair because nobody knew where like nobody was checking in on them or whatever oh my that's heartbreaking yeah so that's like no you could be introverted and no just have your own time but also don't cut yourself off from the world like yes people can be aggravating and i have i question humanity sometimes (laughs) there are individuals small groups of people that are so loving and so compassionate it's it's not all hope is not lost. You just have to make sure that you are engaging in activities that connect you with those people. Yeah, we're actually. I'm grateful to be in your life also because I know what it was like to be young and mostly alone. Like I had my family, but they just didn't know things. Like they, I think they expected me to know mm-hmm, to figure and, it out. To figure and listen, because I had to, and mm-hmm. it's just a blessing, like to be in somebody else's life, so they don't have to go through what I went through. And I like, I'm not gonna have all the answers, but I know what the stuff that I went through. I don't want other people to have to go through. Like, I went through some stuff, especially like my son's dad. I look back at that, like, Lord, I love my son, but also what was I thinking like that was <laughs> not a I ain't gonna say a good like that was oh my gosh it's a it was constant, an experience it was a whole experience um because I I didn't love myself and I wanted to give love to somebody who didn't love themselves and mm-hmm. it was just like that yeah. that attachment stuff Cause I'm like, I, there were numerous times where I'm like, no, I need to not be here. This is awful. Like there was domestic violence and everything, and I'm like, but oh, I stayed. And it was just like, now I look back at like, but yes, you got your son out of it, but you know, were you also able to give your son the love you needed or like I knew I was in survival mode for a long time after having my son and like yeah pregnant with him so that's like now I don't I don't know me and my fiance talk about having kids I'm like but I want to sleep but uh, <laughs> I feel like I am in a much better place emotionally and mentally even though I'm still working mm-hmm. on myself like I know I'm in a place that if we did decide to have a child that I know I could give more love and it's not fair to my son that I wasn't able to it was just a part of life yeah. you know I have friends that have babies and people are helping to take care of them I was like no as soon as I got from home from the hospital like I was living with my parents at the time yeah. it was me like nobody stayed up that first night I had to figure like they wanted him when he was all cleaned up and cute but it was like me with the feedings and changing and all of the yeah. other and 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 so it was like I didn't have time to even 
relax and repair and enjoy motherhood like enjoy Mm -hmm. like we got older it got a little better but then I was always like okay where's my I'm still trying to figure out my purpose and just even get a job like I know we have um in the future we'll be talking about like some financial stuff we talk about like retirement like I didn't get that until late in life. I felt like I was, and I'm like, clearly the Lord is going to do something in my life. Um, <laughs> because I'm like, I was late to the game when it came out up to that financial stuff. Cause I yeah, just me too. needed a job. To, I just needed a job part-time, whatever. Like I just needed some money uh-huh. to support my son. And I was a mess all the way through. And I wouldn't wish that on any child. So I do the best I can. I'm like, and I know he's, he's, I'm not going to say suffering for it. He's definitely paying for my sins in certain ways, but also like, so I'm not like having to do stuff like, okay, here, we got these workbooks. I know you don't like them, but we're going to talk about grit and we're going to talk about love. Like, yes. I and different things and just making sure. But you know, now- Alicia, and I don't, I don't mean to cut you off, but I think, you're showing him an even greater lesson. You're showing him growth. You're showing him what it's like to, to have to be a certain way and to grow and evolve into something better. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, I, I think that's even that's even more beautiful. Like you said, even when you you guys have another child, you're, you're kind of going to be more prepared if, now. If. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't go ahead and just speak it now, but. Uh, uh, don't be doing that. <laughs> literally just tagged me in a Facebook post and um, she um called me the other or texted me the other day was like I had a dream you were pregnant with twins so get to it and I was like oh <laughs> ideas like we're just gonna go with that we're pregnant with ideas we're gonna birth ideas not baby <laughs> I know that's where I'll be gonna birth some businesses and stuff <laughs> so my last last question is what resources and or advice would you give someone who has considered seeking help to work on their mental health and is on their journey towards self-love and self-compassion I'm going to jump in and I'm going to say uh, meditation has been it, it is so powerful um, I love meditation I think it's a great resource um, I won't speak on it too much because I think, you know, there's a lot of different mixed thoughts on it, but just do the research. Um, and I, I think that's, that's talking to yourself and just having those honest conversations is very important. A lot of the resources don't necessarily have to be external. It's just you taking some time really with yourself and being objective with yourself. Cause mm-hmm. I know that's something I, I had to battle is constantly agreeing with me, you know, and through meditation that that's, it's helped me. Ooh, I was like, yeah, me, I'll be trying to meditate, but I'll be falling asleep. You know um, what? <laughs> I was like, ooh, let me clear my thoughts. And then next thing you know, I'm sleeping. Like, wait, was I, what, what was I doing? That's why you I'm You like, girl. You tried. I'll be trying, but <laughs> I do. I do my best. So, um, so if I have to talk to somebody, I'm just like a chatterbox. Um. So if I write things down, it kind of forces me, it forces me to think and it forces me to slow down, uh, which a lot of people need to do. Like, we just need to chill. We need to relax and slow down. Um, I think when you talk about self-love, definitely, I would say just kind of thinking about like what your definition of love is and, um, you know, 
thinking about or being intentional about the messages that you are receiving. Um, so like I said, when I said I curated my social media, my private Instagram page is the third Instagram page I have. And I deleted the other two. And this time around, I'm like, this is who I want to follow. This is what I want to see. Anything else that doesn't serve that, I'm deleting them. Like, I'm just not yeah. going to follow them anymore. Um, so I would say that is advice. As far as um, resources, there are tons of resources on psychology today and yeah. other, uh, like therapy for Black girls, I think is mm-hmm. probably one of my favorite podcast to listen to like it really helped me I've been following a couple other folks there's like black girls heal um, oh I love that Instagram page do you I get yes, their emails you have to get their newsletter but I have it and I use it occasionally I like, have that book. oh my gosh you gotta like I was like what when they were talking about like how you form like self-love and everything and these thoughts about yourself and I was like you're right. It was other people, not me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> My little, because I'm still learning and I'm still going on this journey. But something that I realize is that your journey is going to be different from everybody else. And mm-hmm. it's okay that your journey is different because this is your journey. Like, yes. I don't do the same things that Shell does. And that's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't do it. I had an old therapist like, oh, go to the gym. I'm like, my social anxiety would not allow me to go to the gym. I will be staring at everybody, worrying if they're staring at me. So me going to the gym, I can't go to the gym. And that's perfectly fine. I can go on a walk by myself and be perfectly yes. in tune with nature. So uh-huh. my journey will, you, my journey is going to be different from anybody else's journey. And that's perfectly fine. As long as mm-hmm. it's healing and helping and working with me. It doesn't matter. So that's my little tidbit. Well, our conversation was kind of heavy today. And like, I wanted to ask you ladies, what is your favorite scent of candle? Oh, good one. I don't even know. I just I, know. Like a, I feel like a little kid in class. I got my hand up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like trying to figure it out. I got my answer, but I'm going to let you go first. Okay, because I'm so excited. So <laughs> I love candles, y'all. I love anything that's sage or eucalyptus or oh, frankincense. Yes. It's just something yes. about those herbs. It's just, it feels holy. Like when you smell, when like if you have a sinus or if you have a cold or you feel really congested, get you some eucalyptus, okay? It would open up your thoughts. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's how strong it is. <laughs> frankincense, I know a lot of Catholic churches, I, I grew up apostolic and our um, apostle, he used frankincense. And it was like a smoke. And when we would go to the altar and pray, he would go around and he would, uh, I forgot what it's called. It's like a ball with um, incense mm-hmm. in it. And they, I know I've seen it in Catholic church, um, but that smell, even then as a kid, it captivated me. You know what I mean? So like, even now I have to have me some frankincense. I'm burning, um, I'm burning eucalyptus right now. Oh, that smells so good. It's um, delicious. It sounds like it smells good. So I, yeah, I like, I think I do like those. Like, I think I would love those. I like mix and blends. I don't think I have a favorite one, but it would be like, like you said, like lavender or, Ooh. or sage. Oh, I love lavender. 
um what is this one in here we got a gift and it was like i don't even know what it is oh it's a champagne um, but um, <laughs> yeah so we just i don't know i just i like candles i will say i don't like fruity smelling candles yeah me like either. for some reason like no those aren't calming to me yeah. so i like any um any scent that's like calming and brings warmth like the fruity ones i feel like they just create a stench they don't create oh, yes. warmth yeah. to me <laughs> yeah. so that's why i'm kind of like i mean it's just there it's like why is this in here but um yeah like that's so funny that you say that alicia because those are my favorite i go to bath and body works i'm over there <laughs> sniffing all day fruities like candles. <laughs> people have asked me like that doesn't give you a headache i'm like no i love it i love and the reason i came up with that question i just ordered some candles from bath and body works and i was like inhaling them they were like all these pe- it's like a peach bellini it's like a bubbly rose it's all these different Ooh. wild mm-hmm. flavors and i'm I'm like, this smells amazing. I'm you gotta stop sniffing them candles, girl. Right. <laughs> I couldn't help it. It smells so good. So I'm like, I wonder what everybody else's favorite candle scent is because this just smells a little amazing. <laughs> but I want to thank you, ladies, for sharing your amazing energy and experience with our listeners today. So thank you, all of our listeners, for their support and feedback. Email us what you would like to discuss at melanationhealingproject at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Melanation Healing Project and on Twitter at Melanation Heal. For more information on Toledo Moms for Social Justice, you can follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Toledo Moms for Social Justice. And you can stay tuned with Black Radical Scholars on Facebook and Instagram at Black underscore Radical underscore Scholars. Have an amazing and peaceful day, my loves. <laughs> you too, ladies. And happy Thank pre-birthday, you. girl. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Bye. 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 When that pharaoh chariot comes, I'm gonna leave you. I'm bound for the promised land. I'm gonna leave you. I'm sorry, I'm gonna leave you. Farewell, oh farewell. But I'll meet you in the morning. Farewell, oh farewell. I'll meet you in the morning. I'm bound for the promised land on the other side.